Good day, listeners, and welcome to Farmcast. This is our second week, and we are bringing you a program stemming from Antimicrobial Awareness Week. As usual, my name is Michael Asari, and I'm here with some amazing pharmacists in the studio, and I'll let you listen to them as they introduce themselves. Good day, everyone. I'm Mami Arabinansa, specialist clinical pharmacist, currently working at the Greater Accra Regional Hospital. Hi, everyone. I'm Frederick Asamoah from Ponga Research Pharmacist, uh, working in the U.S. Hi, I'm Asia Adradubi, newly qualified pharmacist. Okay, so we heard it from them. From them. And we have a clinical pharmacist specialist in Madame Irabna. And we have Mr. Frederick, who is also a pharmacist, a researcher. And did you know he just got his license to practice in Ghana too? So look out, there's a research coming near you. And we have a CEO who just passed the GPQE. Is it? And how was it? Tell us, I say. Yeah. <laughs> it was, the exam was okay. It wasn't bad. It was a bit tough, but we pulled through. Are you sure it was tough? Because <laughs> the way you're smiling coming from the exam room there. <laughs> from students, we know you. It was tough. It was tough. But you come, you come and blow. Anyway, congratulations to all those who passed. For you that did not pass, is not the end of the world. They have two times to write this exam in a year. So you have two chances each year to write it. So don't be discouraged. Um, today we are going to talk about Antimicrobial Awareness Week. It just ended and... It started on the 18th and there has been a massive campaign all around the country by different organizations all within the pharmacy sector. We've had PSGH, we had Ministry of Health, we've had our very own YPG having various campaigns and we have pharmacists in their own private way also bringing up campaigns and innovative ways to be able to spread awareness and to be able to push the interest of antimicrobial stewardship. I mean, we are doing this to protect ourselves against the future. We are doing this to preserve our medications. So I'll let Madam Erabna tell us some of the things that they have been doing throughout this Antimicrobial Awareness Week, and we'll get an idea of what's been going on. Thank you very much. I believe that um, over the years, um, the use of antibiotics has become um, a major problem that we need to look at and make sure that at the end of the day, if we are being um, patients are being prescribed antibiotics, the purpose for which they are being given is going to be achieved, and to reduce the emerging um, resistance that is coming up these days. I believe that on a personal note, um, one major area about creating awareness has been the education of clients that come your way, because realize that once you find yourself as a pharmacist, even in your family, everyone comes to you consulting about medications, and especially when it comes to medications, antibiotics play a major role. So I believe that on a personal note, whether I find myself in church, whether I find myself in the workplace, whether I find myself among my family, one major thing has been about the need to educate clients on the use of medications, especially when you find yourself in the community. People come into the community and they are coming there because they complained about something and someone said that I use this particular medication and this is what worked for me, so I'm coming to buy the same thing. And I, I think that I had one um, personal encounter with a client who came in asking for chlorophenicol. And his issue was that he, he was experiencing some chest pains and he saw a friend who said, oh, I also experienced the same thing and when I took the chlorophenicol, it worked for me. So he coming to the counter, to the pharmacy was that I want to buy the chlorophenicol. 
So then I find myself in the office and I hear his conversation with the person over the counter and I decide to just, you know, engage him and this is a client that I know. So talking to him and he's like, okay, yes, madam, I'm, when I walk a bit, I feel pains, I feel difficulty in breathing, and I feel I have some chest pains. And there's someone I know who is a hypertensive who is not compliant because each time he comes, I, I need to spend time talking with him over and over again. So I decided to tell him that, oh, just sit down, let me take your blood pressure. And when I took his blood pressure, he had a very high reading. And talking to him, he had not been taking his medication for about two weeks. So I could just see the progression of you know, hypertension moving to heart failure because the signs are showing. But talking to a friend, he says, I took clomiphenicol and I was fine. So him coming, virtually maybe if he had not met me there, he would have bought the clomiphenicol. The next time I hear, maybe it's you know, gone too soon or something like that. And that is it. So I believe that when, wherever we find ourselves, if we need to educate people, we need to come feel, find ourselves in the gap as pharmacists to educate people all around us. Whether in the hospital, in the community, in church, as we engage people, people must be aware. Because they are taking the antibiotics, but it might not be what they need to take at that time. And I believe that that's one thing that really got my mind thinking that wherever I find myself, we need to be aware of it. Because people are taking the antibiotics, but they are actually they actually don't need them. And that's one major thing that I believe that um, it really don't, don't need that. There's a lot of awareness that we need to um, make as pharmacists, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. And this is coming from a personal experience. And trust me, we don't know the seriousness of the situation until we are on the ground facing it head on. Because for someone to just walk up and request for chloramphenicol, I mean, chloramphenicol, even in the hospital, is given under close supervision because of its harmful side effects and its propensity for toxicity. And that is, that, is, that is the real problem down here. And we had this awareness week. We've had a lot of radio and TV interactions. And I don't know if you as a pharmacist or you as a healthcare professional, you've been taking time out of your shadow to educate your neighbor. Because trust me, your neighbor is not going to come to you for the medicine. They're going to go to another pharmacy and get that medication. So it's up to you to make sure they are doing the right thing. Mr. Frederick, can you tell us what have you been doing this past week in terms of antimicrobial awareness um, celebration? And what um, you mentioned some projects that you are working on, hopefully. Could you enlighten us on it? Yeah, sure. Thanks. So um, <clears throat> whilst I agree with Anteria on the, on the patient level, trying to do patient education and making sure that we control the dispensation of antibiotics, we are also working uh, on the system level, trying to have systems in place to make sure that we control antibiotics right from what the physician prescribes to what a pharmacy dispenses. So in effect, we are trying to have an um, antibiotic stewardship program we are starting with Ridge Regional Hospital, and hopefully the success of the program here can be used as a um, as a model for other regional hospitals, and also as a model for the um, national antibiotic program, anti-antimicrobial program that is going about. Our main focus here is antibiotics, not antimicrobial in general. Okay, so. Um Within the antimicrobials, we are focusing on the antibiotics because it's the most widespread problem. And this program that you are doing um, jointly with Ridge Hospital, um, what are the opportunities for young pharmacists in this program? So there are a lot of opportunities for young pharmacists and for basically for every pharmacist because um, 
we are the gatekeepers of these antibiotics. So it's uh, incumbent upon us to make sure that every prescription that you dispense as a pharmacist, you have to know whether it's for the right right um, right indication, if for right patient, right dosage, right um, whether it's the patient can take by mouth or whether you're on the switch, renal dosing, is your renal function okay? So it's a lot of roles that we can play as pharmacists. They, Young, coming out of pharmacy school, I think this is some of the roles that you can take. You, you can be on clinical rounds and also helping advise the doctors that, hey, there's a resistance of this antibiotic, so we need to switch to this. Or this patient have a drug-drug interaction with one, one antibiotic, we can do. So that is a role, not even for young pharmacists, but all pharmacists to play. That, that is fantastic. And, you know, with YPG, part of our core mandate is to empower young pharmacists to take charge of their profession. And... A program like this, if you're a young pharmacist in there and you are interested in antimicrobial stewardship or antibiotic stewardship and you want to make an impact, I believe joining this program or being a part of this program is the right way forward. And at Ridge Hospital, I'm sure if you come, they're not going to tell you that you're a young pharmacist, so we don't want you here, no. Auntie Ravna wants you here. She wants to see you here. She wants to be able to impact her knowledge to you. And with these programs uh, being rolled out, I mean, we can't forget our newly qualified you know, pharmacist. I, I don't, are you part of YPG yet? Soon. <laughs> 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 you're saying soon, I say. Uh, when we are inducted, that's when we are inducted into YPG. So. Oh, okay, so you're yeah, looking forward to your induction. Yes, okay, well, let me tell you, YPG is a young pharmacist group. It's open for pharmacists under the age of 35 or with, uh, with less than five years of professional practice. I mean, if you're over 35, I still have less than five years of professional practice, you are free to join. Joining is not any hassle. We don't take any deals for now. Let me add that for now because future, you don't know. So, <laughs> all you have to do is follow us on our social media platforms and we'll be sending a form out, Google form for our database creation and you'll be captured as a young pharmacist group member. And um, what are some of the things I say you've seen during this antimicrobial awareness week from young pharmacist group especially? or from other young pharmacists that interacted that you feel can be a basis for growth or expansion of the awareness creation? Mm, okay. Um, I'm easily in conjunction with the week was a GPPQE exams week, so we weren't active, actively participating in the antimicrobial resistance program. But personally, I got some materials, social media ads, um, some coming from the FDA and then some from the YPG, which I shared to people around me on WhatsApp platforms to create the awareness. Because ever since I entered the, I entered pharmacy school and I got to know about antimicrobial resistance, it was of great concern to me, especially in my household. Because the moment someone starts coughing, then they want to go take antibiotics. So I remember I'm always standing on my sister that, have you investigated the source of the infection? Do you know whether it's a viral infection or not? And then you are going ahead to give your little boy antibiotics. So from there, I started creating awareness on my church platforms and then some of my peers for them to understand that it's not everything, you just get up and then go and take antibiotics. So personally, I've had people come to me when they have a flu, when they have a cold, they tell you their nature, they'll ask you what medications you can take. 
and then I give them the necessary advice. But most often, I tell them that go to a pharmacy shop and then speak to a pharmacist. Because people have the perception that the moment your pharmacist friend says, oh, go and buy a Maxiclav, when you get there and the pharmacist is even questioning you on why you are going to take the Maxiclav, they don't want to comply. They don't want to answer whatever questions are being asked. So I normally make recommendations, but I tell you that when you go, ask to speak to the pharmacist and then have an, a conversation with him on her, then he or she will go ahead to give you the medication you need. Because ideally, antibiotics are sold per prescription. So if you are going by word of mouth, it's not going to be given on to you. So when you go there, whatever you ask, comply, interact with the pharmacist, and then let them attend to you. So I think basically as pharmacists, we shouldn't always direct people by word of mouth. Because when they go, whatever is in their head is in their head. Considering the way Ghanaians are, what the person sees is what the person is taking. So we should tell them to appreciate um, the pharmacist's car services the pharmacist is offering, taking your history, interacting with you, getting to know what is wrong with you better, other than going with the mindset that I want this, so give me this and let me go. We shouldn't encourage them, because mostly this is done with the antibiotics. More often when they come, it has to do, oh, I want a moxiclav. My friend pharmacist says I should take a moxiclav, or my friend doctor says I should take a moxiclav, so give me the moxiclav and let me go. It shouldn't be their case. And then when you deny them, they tell you that, oh, when I go elsewhere, it will be sold to me. No, that is the problem. Yes, that, it's, it's a big problem. So even we as pharmacists, we are playing a role in this resistance circle. We shouldn't be the case. Because you want to make sales, so you end up giving it to them because you have to make sales for the day. But we should learn to interact with them, no matter how stubborn they are. We should learn to interact with them. It's all part of the customer service. Yes. So basically, that's my little contribution to the whole antibiotic resistance scheme. And then I got the opportunity to meet Mr. Frederick Asamoah. So I joined the antibiotic stewardship program. That is, that is amazing. And the passion with which you are talking about the antimicrobial resistance and the need for education of our people in the community. I mean, they are going to say you are too known pharmacist, but take it on the chin. You have to be too known to get your point across. The main problem is the elsewhere that they'll get it. That shows a systemic breakdown in our healthcare system. I mean, for someone to be refused antibiotics without a prescription, they can get it elsewhere. It means the system is not working, is it? So what can we do as pharmacists to help improve our own system? Madam Irabna. And thank you very much. Um, I believe that, you know, when people see the consequences of the action you can take, you take, it makes you realize that then before I do anything, I need to think about what 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 what, what could happen. I always say that, you know, the tables can always turn. You know, you are providing the service. The other day, someone is, the next day, you'll be the one who needs the service that someone has to provide for you. So when it comes to um, what um, my colleague Fred, we are talking about the antibiotics stewardship thing, I always say that if we, are, if we ourselves are contributing to resistance, you never know the day when you yourself will get an infection. 
that the same amorphous cloud that you think should help you or should should heal you, you take it and nothing happens and you get worse and you never know what will happen. You can't afford the very expensive one or your child or something like that and it becomes a problem. So before you take any action, ask yourself, this action I'm taking, in the next 10 years, in the next five years, what will happen? If the table's 10 and I'm the patient lying on the bed and an antibiotic is being prescribed, that particular brand is going to be effective for me. It's going to be effective. Or I'll end up saying that, no, I don't want this brand. Maybe that day I can't even talk. So whatever I need to do to ensure that antibiotics are being prescribed rationally, I need to um, um, position myself that what if, if, it's, if it is me, if I'm the patient, what advice will I give to the person? If the person comes in and says, that, oh, my stomach is hurting me, so I need some amoxicillin. I want some flagell and amoxicillin. Like, what happens in the community? Um, what could happen to the person? If I sell that one strip, that two strips to the person, the person takes it, gets a resistance strain, you know, and at the end of the day, I find as if I'm the one, what could happen? You know, realize that recently we've, I've seen a lot of, um, I had one patient who came about and she, she, had this, she had a severe UTI infection, it was E. coli. And E. coli was resistant to so, the common antibiotics we have, there was a, a tall list of resistance to that. You know, and she, talking to her, she had other conditions, but this was someone, and we had to end up giving her phosphomycin, and even the regimen had to be, you know, consistent over a period of time. And you realize that we keep on giving these antibiotics where we find ourselves, but if you are the one, you realize that now the simple ones are not working. And God forbid you don't have the financial means to buy your merinam and things like that. <laughs> and what will happen? Okay, so as I am advising, you know, the, the, my colleagues on that, when a patient comes to the pharmacy, once they're mother club, you take the steps and educate the client. Find out more in a nice way. You know, people come in, you know, even with the face that they present with, it's like, this is what I want. But you should know how to, you know, calm the person down, engage the person. For the, oh, what's up? I mean, maybe there's something better I can even offer to you. What's the issue? Maybe at the end of the day, the person might still need it. But then the advice I give we make the person aware that the next time the person comes, we want to seek my opinion. That, oh, do I still need an antibiotic in this case? Or oh, I don't need it. But the advice I give will prevent the person from abusing it even the next time. So I must still put in the effort to make sure that it's prescribed rationally. If I'm in the clinical setting and something is being prescribed, the combinations, what is, what is, is it a gram-positive organism you're looking at? Is it gram-negative? Is it an anaerobic? What combinations are we given? Are we just doing duplication of therapy? What are we doing? Because I don't know the next day when I'll be the patient on the bed. So I must um, put in every effort I need to put in to ensure that what is being done should be done right. Sometimes, you know, as humans, sometimes if it's not us or it's not your relative, you know, we look over certain things. But the day you have a relative on admission in the hospital, and after going round, you just do about two hours round, realize that no, 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 no. The patient sitting, yes, sitting, waiting at the OPD has gone through a lot of stress. Has gone through a lot of stress, so if I need to make sure the prescription is right, I'll do it. Because when it, I'm the one at the receiving, and I realize that no, it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress, so I must make it better for the, that person. Because I don't know when the tables will turn, and I believe that when we have that in our conscience, wherever we find ourselves, we'll do our best to make sure that the right thing must be done at all times, no matter who the person is. Yes, the person in Chalote coming, the person in the suits coming, everybody needs the right service. 
Thank you. Thank you very much, Madam Mirabna. And as you said, doing it the right way and doing it the right way for the next person. Because, look, we've done the celebration. We've done the one week of creation of awareness. But now is the way forward. Okay, the way forward in ensuring that we still make people aware on the harmful effects of antimicrobial resistance. And in Ghana here, particularly antibiotic resistance. I mean, as Madam Iravna said, it could be you or your relative. And when that happens, that's when you are going to be wild that they should do things the right way. No, you don't only have to do it the right way when it affects you. You should do it the right way and affect everyone because when the resistance is building up, it will come to affect you because E. coli, can you imagine? E. coli is showing resistance to almost all basic antibiotics. So if we are going to jump onto the higher level antibiotics for E. coli, then what should we do when we get pseudomonas? <laughs> yeah, that, that, is, that is the truth. And that's a scary truth that we all don't want to listen to. We don't want to be in a position to wait for November 18th and we come and celebrate. No. We have to be in a position to do this awareness all year round. And on the 18th, we culminated with the celebration of our successes in trying to educate. Not everywhere we sit down and wait. And as young pharmacists especially, and as pharmacists in this country, we have an enormous task. Because one, we have to look at the economic situation of the individuals in the country. They cannot afford higher level antibiotics. Okay? And if we are not going to do our bit to control what they, they take in in terms of antimicrobials and control the way we prescribe or the way we educate them and make sure that our antibiotics are still effective against these bacteria, then what are we trying to do? It will get to a point patients cannot afford medicine. Are we now going to be crying to government? Are we not going to be just like every other Ghanaian? We are pharmacists. Let us take charge of our profession. Mr. Fred, <laughs> I know I'm going to put you on the spot, but can you, can you tell us what is different about antimicrobial stewardship in particular in the U.S. and in Ghana? Can you tell us some of the differences you've seen and some ways we can improve? So, um, there's a huge difference because uh, antimicrobial stewardship is it's done in almost every single hospital in the United States. So it's part of the um, Joint Commission, the accreditation of the hospital. So you have to meet certain threshold of um, hospital-acquired infection. So it's, it's, a, it's a huge deal because even um, getting 7 to 10 people on antibiotics will get C, C. diff. So it's a huge problem, and C. diff is causing almost 20,000 deaths of billions of dollars to treat and to deal with. So it's, it's a big deal. And... Um, Compared to Ghana, I'm not really versatile with the systems in Ghana, but I mean, I grew up here, I lived here, and I know when I was growing up, my mom would say, just take ampicillin or give you some drug and take And Pharmacy school, I would sit down like, wow. <laughs> right? So learning all these things, you say, wow, so why is it different? Why is it done different? Why can't we do it here too? So that is why we are trying to get our, um, our footings to make sure that because if the developed countries are doing it big time and spending millions, billions of dollars, for that matter, on um, antibiotic resistance, then I think for us with little infrastructure, I think we should be at the forefront of fighting antibiotic resistance. Because, um, I mean, there's no new antibiotics coming on the market 
me being working in uh, research, nothing is coming on the market now. So whatever we have now is what we need to protect to make sure that you get an infection, you come in with sepsis, we can treat you right and make sure you recover. Thank you very much, Frederick. You, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, look, we that we don't have, we should rather be fighting. We should not be relaxed as if there are some new drugs coming. If they come, can we even afford it? That's what we should be asking ourselves. So we should let this change us and let us take antimicrobial stewardship seriously. I mean, going forward is what we are thinking about. So there's a liberation that we finished it. It's now left with, are we going to sustain the push all year round? Are we going to do it year after year? Are we going to be at the forefront of antimicrobial resistance fighting? Are we going to fight against indiscriminate antibiotic abuse? Are we going to fight against professionals that are just using their professional status to just churn out antibiotics for profit's sake and not actually focusing on the problem? Because personally, I had an encounter that a person had H. pylori infection. And trust me, now the new drug they're asking for is not even in Ghana. The drug they are looking for to treat the patient is not even in Ghana. So this patient, if you need this drug, they have to now import it. And the person can't even afford it. So what are we doing? Are we going to give the triple therapy that is now um, being resisted by the bacteria? I mean, you drop the triple therapy and the bacteria grows stronger and stronger. It's like you are, you are building a baby. Meanwhile, you are not pregnant. You are just having an infection. So we have to take this very seriously. And I'm glad this stewardship program is going on. And I'm glad, like... Young pharmacists like Aseye have decided to join. And trust me, coming out of school is not easy to make up your mind. I know people are telling you to go do this with your life, go do that with your life. And you too, you are looking for money. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have to be able to tell yourself that you want to make a difference. And I'm glad that young pharmacists like Aseye are taking part in antimicrobial stewardship programs. Um, going forward, Madam Irabna. What would you like to see being done? I mean, you started a Ridge Hospital with an antimicrobial stewardship partnership with Mr. Fred. And um, what would you like be, uh, to see being done in other hospitals across the country or even in the sub-region? What would you want to see more of? So I believe, um, as um, Fred was saying, that um, we need to start off something and hopefully believe that if other facilities don't have the antibiotic stewardship program, then they can come and learn because we learn from each other you know we can learn and see how best um, this antibiotic stewardship program can be seen in every facility in Ghana because you realize that for us here there's a referral center so most of the time by the time the patient comes here would have visited a number of facilities before coming here so if if the writing is not done in that other facility and a resistance is built so by the time to get to, the patient gets to our end, they realize that you cannot start from maybe your first line or your second line. You must straightly go to your third line, maybe antibiotic you want to choose. But if you realize that in every single facility, every primary care facility, every district hospital, whatever, whether private or public, we have the antibiotic stewardship program, they realize that no matter where a patient finds him or herself, the right thing is being done. It shouldn't be that when it comes to my facility, now we, ha we are not doing try and error. Okay, let's try this one. We try this one, then we try this one. We realize that, oh, no, no, everything is resistant, and then we have to go ahead. Patients might not have the time to wait for you to do your try and error and things like that. So we must ensure that as we do it, we share. I believe we have colleagues in all the other facilities. And I believe that as we collaborate and share our experiences, we can learn from each other and see how best we can 
help each other. So it's my hope that the next time we are actually um, um, celebrating the Antibiotic Week, it should be a week of recounting the works we've done. So more like giving testimony that throughout the year, this is what we've done. Like from, from now, it's, it's ended. This is the work we, we are planning to do. So the next time we are celebrating the week, it's re recounting that this is what we did. We started this project, this is how far we've gone. This is the impact we've made at the community level from the council we've given to our clients. Clients come in now, have a full understanding in our various facilities with what we've done as pharmacists. This is, these are the results we've gained. And I believe that it will be a great week of celebration as we testify of what we've done. Not just now starting again, but then we started. So let's see how far we've come in the one year. And I believe that that will help us to, or even encourage us that the little drops of water, you know, yes, have built up, and this, are the, this is the impact we've done. Thank you very much, Madam Ravna. And this, this speaks to me and Young Pharmacist Group. We are here to help expose young pharmacists to opportunities that may come. And this antimicrobial stewardship program is an opportunity that is there. You don't need to be coming uh, to be in your house or will come and tell you, do this before you know it's an opportunity. No. You hearing about this stewardship program should even encourage you to ask, oh, how can I join? Is there an opportunity for me to apply my skill set? And as Madam Irebna said, you can even come and learn and go and apply in your facility. I mean, you can take time off during the week, pass by Ridge Hospital, join the program, see what's going on, go back and apply it. Because we are the ones that are going to make that change happen. There is not going to be any decree from somewhere telling you go and learn. You know, if you don't have the zeal from your own perspective to go and learn and go and apply it, then we cannot have the desired change we are looking for. And as you said, we want the celebration to be a recounting of success stories and researches that we've started. And as much as possible, keep the data. Because the data that we need when you can get the data, you can get all sorts of sponsorship, all sorts of funding that you want to do. And that data is even going to motivate you to do more in the field that you are doing. And Mr. Fred, I know you came to Ghana and you heard about YPG, Young Pharmacist Group, who were worrying you, trying to get you on our show. And in your own thoughts, what do you think YPG has come uh, to do and what do you think will help YPG going forward and the pharmaceutical sector as a whole? I think um, YPG is the next generation of pharmacy practice in Ghana. So basically, um, policy changes, changes to antimicrobial use and pharmacy practice itself is going to come from the younger pharmacists because the um, pharmacy practice is emerging every day. It's, it's not static, it's dynamic. So younger pharmacists have the opportunity to change their practice and make sure wherever you work, wherever whatever you are doing, you have to put patient first and Learn, um, read, basically, a lot of research out there on emerging practices of pharmacy. Just try to incorporate everything that you do evidence-based and make sure that you, you learn and you adapt and you also educate. Not really, at the end of the day, I know we all work for money, but I think um, what we sign up for is patient first and money will come if you do it right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Madam Rabna, what do you think will be the impact of IPG going forward? What do you see? in your crystal ball. <laughs> I believe that it's a very good um, initiative because I'm um, looking back at my early days. I think when you finish school, as you said, you are very confused as to, you know, what exactly do I need to do? What impact can I make? But I believe that 
um, what you are doing is very, very important because there's always something you can do. You know, your one day experience as a pharmacist is enough to be, make an impact in a patient's life. You don't need the, don't wait to get your 10 years experience. I mean, your, your internship period, I believe that, you know, I say um, her internship period, I believe that there are certain interventions she made just by the little exposure she, she did. So everybody has a role to play, you know, and the earlier you start, the better. Don't wait till you are, you know, getting to your future and remember that I wish I could have done much more when I was young. Yeah, you know, so wherever you find yourself as a young pharmacist in the community, in the hospital, academia, you know, in the, in the, um, med working as medical rep and all that, there is virtually something you can do. And I'm really excited about that. At least we didn't get it in our day, but then for you, it's, it, it opens up opportunities because with what you are doing, I believe that... Um, Someone sitting there can know that there is something I can do. If I'm the community, I shouldn't just sell the antibiotics. I must be a steward over it. So even as we make our purchasing, uh, the choice of antibiotics, as patients come in and they come with the prescription, the information I give, I must start something small. You, you don't need to start big. The little you can do. So you find yourself in the community pharmacy. Be an antibiotic steward in that pharmacy. You find yourself in the facility, whether it's a primary facility, secondary, tertiary, there is virtually something you can do. And I'm really excited about your group, yes. I wish I was young, <laughs> but, but then yes, I'm really excited because we didn't get it, but I'm excited and I believe that it will help you all to be, find fulfillment in what you do. Yes, I always tell people, find fulfillment in what you do at the end of the day, yeah. Thank you very much, Madam Ravna. And see, you can still be part of our group. See, we have a special designation called Young at Heart. You may be over 35, you may have over five years of experience, but if you want to make an impact in the Young Professionals uh, Pharmacist Group, YPG, then you are welcome to join, Madam. And we'll be looking forward to benefit from your experience. And, <laughs> and as you said, um, we should take our clinical um, intentions very seriously and in the community. May what I want pharmacists to be doing is don't just take the prescription, serve it and put it in a drawer somewhere to go and throw away later. No. Keep the information on the prescription as much as possible. You can even have your own database on how many antibiotics have I uh, dispensed this month? How many amoxicillin? How many ciprofloxacin? You can see the trend of antibiotics usage in your community pharmacy. And when you have this database, don't you think that you are going to improve pharmacy services? I mean, it's just a food for thought. Think about it. I say, you did your internship in RAGE. You've joined antimicrobial stewardship. You've not even had one year of professional practice. <laughs> Why? Are you a super pharmacist or what? Tell us, what do you see that encourages you to do these kind of things? Well, I've always had the mindset that it's not only about... Um, making local impact. I want to make a global impact. But you just can't get up and then make a global impact without starting in your corner. So I'm actually finding ways and ways to make impacts in my little corner. And then when the opportunity presents itself for global impact, I put myself in there. Because during my internship days, even in my community practice, you would always have patients coming in. I want to buy um, grisophobin. I want to put on my sore. And after going to pharmacy school, you and I know that you don't pour grisophobin on your sore. So you just, it's about patients too. Taking your time, explaining to the patient, 
this is the reason i'm denying the antibiotics these are the available options that is why um the possibility of resistance what we are trying to fight in total we are trying to fight the resistance preserve their lives and then also preserve the current available antibiotics for future use because i remember there was a time i came for weekend duty and there was a woman on admission no antibiotics could save her but meronym and they had to buy thousands of cds of meronym at the end of the day she died I came to work the next morning and I was told she had passed on. And this is due because she wasn't responding to any antibiotics. Even Meronem, she wasn't responding to it and she died in the end. So it's not only about the money. It's not only about the money. Most of us coming out are thinking about the money, 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 money. But what impact are you going to make as a pharmacist? How should people value your role in the community, your role in the hospital? You understand so well um yes we are after the money but basically i want to make an impact and also upgrade my knowledge in the clinical setting so that is what is pushing me to go into all these sectors and antibiotic resistance is very dear to me <laughs> my family knows that so the moment i told them oh there's this project that is coming up antimicrobial stewardship they said as for you we know you because yes so it's really dear to me. So that's what's inspired me to join. That, that's fantastic. And I'm here to tell you, you don't, you don't need to have all the money in the world to make an impact. Okay. And as a pharmacist, one of your key roles is counseling. Do not tell me that you're afraid to talk to people. Because people are not going to be coming to you smiling. As Madam Iravna said, they, they may even come to you frowning. Some are even angry before they come to you. But you have to be able to gather courage and ask the questions. The answers you are going to get, some may not be pleasant, but you still need to ask the questions and find a way to counsel. So, um, we finished the celebration. Now the theme is the way forward. What are we going to keep doing throughout the year? How are we going to maintain momentum? How are we going to make sure that Antimicrobial Awareness Week celebration is going to be a celebration of success stories? This is Farmcast. This is Michael Yawasari. We are about to sign off, and I'll let my panelists give us their final words and what they want us as pharmacists to do before we sign off. Madam Ravna, your final words. <laughs> Thank you very much for this opportunity. I'll just say that um, let's keep at it. Keep on talking. Don't stop talking. Keep on talking. Don't give up. A patient might come, might refuse your counsel. The next time the person comes, keep talking, keep counseling, and I believe that will still make the impact. Yeah. Thank you very much. Mr. Fred. Uh, just to add to what Antira said, I think we are all stewards of every drug that you dispense, so including antibiotics. So I would probably say everybody should continue with the stewardship wherever you practice. Make sure that every prescription that gets out of your hand to the patient uh, you counsel them the need for them to finish the course and also if they have any questions you're available so they can come and ask questions so keep up the good work pharmacy or we should wait till that patient care first so dear colleagues let's pay attention to our patients 
Thank you very much. I mean, if you pay attention to your patients, as Madam Ravana said, the money will follow. <laughs> Fine, we all want money, but let's do our jobs first. And this is probably brought to you by YPG. Follow us on all social media platforms at YPGPSGH, at YPGPSGH, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on LinkedIn. On Facebook, if you cannot see us, type Young Pharmacist. You see our logo, big one there. Yes, we've gone to pay right now. Our name is first on the search. <laughs> so, <laughs> guys, thank you for making time to listen to us. This is Farmcast, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. God bless.